here's what I'll tell you from the get-go about my decision to watch it. I wrestled with whether or not I wanted to watch this. Why? I heard our friend Jason talk about it and talk about kind of the um, binge-worthiness of it in the sense that once you kind of get started down the road, you really want to see all 13 episodes through to the conclusion. It's a, it's a large commitment. I heard about the subject matter of it as a mother, as a person who struggles with my own anxiety and depression. I just, I didn't know if it was something that I wanted to expose myself to. Seems like a dark topic as well. Absolutely. You're and really difficult. Again, as a parent, um, of a, of an adolescent, uh, who one day will be a teenager and two young, other young children who one day will also be teenagers, it's a heavy topic. Um, but ultimately, I decided that if I was going to make an educated decision about how I felt about it, if, it. if I yeah, if I was going to talk to people who were watching it about it and my feelings about it, I'd better come armed with some information. Can I ask you then, where mm-hmm. at what point uh, in watching the episodes did you decide you were going to you were going to continue or that you were hooked? How did you know um, this was something that was going to grab your attention? I will tell you, I I was not I was not ever excitedly hooked. Um, Oh, okay, that's interesting. I, yeah, so my, I, the first episode I watched, I was sick to my stomach the entire way through because you know what you're dealing with. You know that at the end of the story, this beautiful young woman with all of this potential is going to be no more and that that is permanent. Even though it's a character, even though it's fiction, you know that that's what you're taking in. Um, and that was really emotionally kind of difficult for me to accept. And I felt sick to my stomach. But I knew at the end of that first episode that in order to get the full breadth and the full mm, story to understand the whys and the hows and the what fors, you really have to sit through all 13 episodes. And what I will say is I struggled with the fact that I think that this there are reasons why I think this would have been better communicated in a movie, meaning in like a two hour movie. Um, because we live in a culture that kind of is here and now, and I want all the answers here and now. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because originally it was going to be a movie. In fact, um, Selena, uh, Selena Gomez was going to play the the title character. Mm-hmm. She ended up becoming one of the executive producers when the decision was made to take it over to Netflix and make it a 13-part series. And I can see how that was probably a, a, a decision that they wrestled with in the sense that it really de- it necessitates, necessitates the whole 13, 13 hours or the whole 13, 13 episodes, episodes to fully, fully tell, tell the story. story. But, but to, in, order in order to get, to get from, from beginning, beginning to end and, and hit all the stops that they needed to stop along the way, they needed that time to tell it. However, my fear is that people will start to watch it and maybe step out at a point where they're allowed to draw conclusions about what they think the conclusion is. And not actually get to the conclusion. So I just want to set the stage for listeners who mm-hmm. have not watched or maybe uh, have, you know, just heard about this show in passing because, well, we've got a lot of parents whose kids have been watching and they've been talking about it. Uh, just explain how this show uh, is laid out in mm-hmm. the sense that there are 13 episodes for a very specific reason. Yeah, so there are 13 episodes, and in each episode, we are exposed to one of Hannah's reasons why. Hannah Baker is the name of the main character. And um, each episode is named by the the reason and the side of the tape. She does she tells her story on audio tapes. 
which in and of itself is kind of bizarre, right? It's 2017. Yeah, old school. Yep. Right. Um, but she, so each each episode is named for the side of the tape and for the reason why. And each reason is associated with a person. And so uh, and then and then those who who are named on the tape, the intention was that after Hannah completed uh, her intention in taking her own life, that she would then pass these 13 tapes from person to person. So each of them could have the experience of not only hearing their own tape and how they were involved in it, but also see the broader constellation of what all contributed to Hannah's, um, to Hannah's decision. So that I think is the, the main sort of uh, unique quality of this particular series, right? That Mm -hmm. was the thing that sort of grabbed people's attention. This unique way of telling a story through a device. And in this particular case, the device was those, 13 cassette tapes in addition to the device and the way the show was sort of crafted what about it is it the subject matter uh is it the character studies what about it do you think really grabbed people's attention such that you you literally have school districts sending out memos on uh to parents on how to address this this particular show it's a Netflix show yeah. with with their children. I think that in addition to the fact that it was a popular novel in 2007 that people read, also it it's it takes place in a high school. It it takes place in um there are situations in the story that people can relate to. Hannah is bullied. Hannah is um, betrayed by the popular kids. She's abandoned by her best friend. She's taken advantage of by people. These are all themes that are common to to kids and, frankly, to adults. We have a different mechanism of coping, many of us as adults. But I think for I think for adults, it caught fire because they want to understand the the minds of their their youngsters. And for youngsters, it may have taken kind of caught fire because they felt like it was speaking to them or it was uh, showing them something that they're accustomed to. Well, and I would say too, a lot of the, um, a lot of the issues that are dealt with in the 13 reasons why this, this phenomenal show on Netflix is these are topics that the, the wider culture are dealing with, whether as adults or Mm -hmm. kids. So sexual violence, you know, we had a lot of conversation in our culture about sexual violence and women, particularly as victims of sexual violence uh, in the last six months, even right in the lead up to to our election, et cetera. So a lot of those topics, I feel like we're already on the mind of people. And here you have something that crystallizes it in a way that not only because this show is not when I first heard about it, I assumed it was some sort of documentary. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When I first heard 13 reasons why it deals, I kind of vaguely knew deals with suicide and is this the story of like a real girl? What's the thing? And the, um, uh, but then coming to know how this was actually laid out, it just seemed like we were all poised and ready to consider and um, appreciate the topics that are brought up in it. Not necessarily that it was um, even something uh, as gripping as it ended up being as a story. Like the storytelling, I think, is equally as uh, important as to the, the the topics covered as to why this in part, you know, became so popular. Absolutely. And then and then you add into that all of those things, social media and how social media can help contribute to something catching on in the cultural zeitgeist. And so 13 Reasons Why very quickly, well, 
be a lot uh, of big words. This. There are. But very quickly, um, it was trending on Twitter in ways that nothing else had trended on Twitter. Certainly nothing else uh, in our streaming universe was trending. And so the the word was passed quite quickly about it. And so, again, and that's why we're here now talking about it, because as a result of that, we are finding ourselves in a place where we need to have a conversation. And we're going to continue that conversation. In fact, when we come back, we've got two experts, uh, two individuals who can help us sort of begin to parse some of the topics that are raised in 13 Reasons Why. Um, I just also want to remind uh, everybody that's listening that if you miss any part of this broadcast today, it's going to be a two-hour uh, special broadcast. All of it will be available by podcast and video on our website and our Facebook page. We're also taking your questions throughout the show on social media, so feel free to to drop us a line via email and Twitter, and we'll be right back here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, our very special uh, podcast roundtable. Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why, our roundtable discussion on the uh, Netflix phenomenon. Parents are concerned. Schools sending emails and kids are watching and talking amongst themselves. This original series has begun many conversations. We're continuing that conversation today on the show. And now we welcome to the show two guests. Uh, We'll call you experts in your own fields. Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness. And Molly Ruggles, program director at the Family Means Center for Grief and Loss in St. Paul. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Can you guys um, each maybe sort of walk us through what you bring to the table and what you what you uh, are bringing to this conversation today? Molly, do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been um, working as a therapist for about 10 years. And um, currently I'm working at the Center for Grief and Loss, which is a program of a Stillwater-based mental health clinic, Family Means, um, in addition to a number of other supportive programs that they have there. Um And so my specialty area, the specialty of the Center for Grief is complicated grief and um, traumatic loss. And so um, the issue of suicide really comes up a lot for us. We see a number of folks who've lost someone to suicide and who have survived that themselves. Um, People who have their own histories of trauma and have struggled with really complicated mental health issues. And Jim? Um, I'm the founder of POR Emotional Wellness, and people always ask, what does POR stand for? Power of Relationships. Um, I've been doing uh, therapy work for about 20, 25 years, give or take. And our staff, uh, we've focused on kids at, and youth at risk. Uh, we've worked with uh, what some people say, those kids, you know, the, the, the kids that are certainly in Hannah's shoes, um, the kids that are in a lot of the shoes of the other characters, too. Um, we specialize in traveler trauma and uh, anger, anxiety, those types of things. And Colleen, I think, you know, um, for both Molly and Jim, I wonder if they have heard or seen um, discussions, you know, brought about by 13 Reasons Why come up and if you've had any interactions based on Yeah, in your practice. Uh, We've we've had a lot of uh, discussion amongst our staff, um, not only as professionals, but as parents. And uh, I've had staff, you know, my two sons are grown, they're, they're 24 and 20, um, and so staff have come to me and said, would you let your kids watch it now? Um, you know, that debate, should we let kids watch it? Should we not? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, just some of the questions you've mm-hmm. arose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similarly, I would say, um, among the staff and several of the people I work with have adolescents who have watched it or are watching it. And so we've talked about that. And then, um, I see a lot of parents in my practice and many of them with, 
kids that I'm just was surprised that they were already watching this, but kids that are nine, 10, 11 um, years old. And so that's come up in that, in that area. And then the therapists um, at the Stillwater outpatient clinic do a lot of work in the schools. And so I know it's been talked about a lot there because they're in the schools working with kids, um, providing therapy, but talking about exactly the issues that are in this series. We've been hearing a lot from, from parents and, um, just kind of in general through the news that schools are sending out information about the show, guides about how to discuss the show. And I have to say, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but having even watched the show as an adult, you go through a lot of conflicting emotions around it. Can you address kind of how, how you absorbed it as an adult, uh, knowing what you already know? It was it was very interesting to watch it as a father and a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I I found myself keying in on on Mr. Porter, the school counselor, and and kind of how he interacted with people. And I describe him as uh, empathetically aloof. Oh, geez, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and he he appears to to want to be interacting and be a positive thing, but he he just misses so much. Um, I I I really was trying to put my brain in the mindset of an adolescent today. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I don't think you, as an adult, I have a hard time with that because, you know, as you take, for instance, the pictures, you know, all of a sudden instantly the school knows, you know, yes. and, you know, and, and back in, in my era, you know, your, your bullying stopped at two thirty three o'clock when the school bell rang and you went home to your safe yep, space. Yep. And, and, you know, and if you told somebody and it told, you know, they told somebody, they told somebody a group might learn it in a period of time, but nothing instantaneous without the ability to kind of defend yourself and explain it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely remembered back to some of my own childhood trauma while watching this. Um, so I, I think throughout today we should talk a little bit about how it triggers things for, for people, adults and kids. I'd, I'd love to just ask both of you, and Molly, let's start with you. What would you recommend for people with children, parents who are determining whether or not their kids should be watching this or if they should be watching with their children? Mm-hmm. So I think with this is another difference from how things are now. I just think it's really it's going to be really hard for parents to control whether or not their kids see this, because even if the parents are keeping a close eye and limiting how much access their child has to Netflix, they have friends who have Netflix and, you know, that they're going to be able to see it. So I think it's hard. It's going to be hard for people to control that. So that being said, I think parents should watch it. I mean, I think it's really important that you know what your kids are watching. As an adult watching this, I found it to be very graphic and very hard to take in a lot of the images, Um, especially the last two episodes. There Mm -hmm. were a couple of scenes in each of those that were really hard to watch. And, um, you know, I think we all take that in in different ways, but either for a child who's particularly vulnerable because they are um, dealing with their own traumatic history or with their own mental health concerns, those are the kids that I would feel the most concern for, particularly if they don't have adults who are involved in their lives and who aren't being active in reaching out and checking in with them and giving them opportunities to talk through and process what they've seen. Well, and maybe when we come back, Colleen, we can address, you know, some of the controversy surrounding 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, because it did raise some questions, whether it was the graphic scenes that that Molly just mentioned or some of the triggers um, that Jim alluded to. Um, So maybe when we come back, we can kind of begin to delve into those, because I know that's really part of what has driven the popularity or at least the the conversation around. Yeah. And to that end, I do just want to mention, because the most recent news that we've been hearing about 13 Reasons Why on Netflix is that 
initially um, there were warnings only placed at the beginning of those two episodes that you referenced, Molly. Uh, the last two episodes, the last two reasons um, where we saw those graphic images, both of sexual assault and then of the act itself. And um, and those were incredibly difficult to watch and incredibly disturbing, uh, even, you, you know, just knowing that they were coming. But now Netflix has decided, given the feedback that they've gotten from viewers, from parents, from uh, the public to place some more of those warnings throughout Um and and I I would imagine that you both are are for that. Oh, I I would I was surprised that they didn't have those warnings. It was a start. It was like it was one of the first things I noticed. Right. Was I'm not getting any warning from them about what I'm about to consume, and even if what I'm consuming five episodes down the line is going to be remotely disturbing, I want to know about that now. Yeah. Before you, like you said earlier, investing your time. Yeah. Um, I I would also like to have seen more on the tail end of each episode a, a, an, an idea of if you're feeling some of these things yes here's some resources here's what you can do here's who you can call here's a mm-hmm. website you know something to not just leave anybody kind of dangling out there with this reaction it, it, it i think it's interesting and i wonder if you guys feel like this has anything to do with the the fact that the subject matter is uh minors so children who um, and young people who maybe aren't as well equipped as adults to deal with some of these issues because, you know, there's a lot of shows on Netflix that deal with really troubling things that don't give you any indication of, you know, a warning or ways to deal with that. Um, it, maybe it's, it's driving a conversation about the need for when there's subject matter about kids to really take more of a focus on what people can do. Oh, I think they knew their audience. They knew yes. kind of who they were exactly. going for on this. And I agree with you. Uh, uh, I, other shows don't have it, but this one, yeah, I think given that it's a teenage suicide and that's their audience, they needed to they needed to beef up warning. Yeah. We'll continue our conversation talking about 13 Reasons Why when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why. We're talking about 13 Reasons Why. That show on Netflix, which has become such a phenomenon, has uh, generated a lot of conversation. Colleen Lindstrom, myself, and we're going to welcome to the show, in the last segment, by the way, we uh, welcome some of our experts and friends, Jim Keenan and Molly Ruggles. But at this point, we're going to welcome Jason Matheson, who joins us for the conversation. And Jason, you really did uh, become gripped by this show uh, when you first watched it on, on Netflix. I did. You know, I I remember turn, I, I had started hearing, headli- reading headlines, hearing about it. It was a constant kind of drumbeat of, you know, pss, 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 the show's out there. So we went home one night, one night, had nothing else to watch, and turned it on. And it was a rare, it was one of those rare shows that... At nine o'clock, which is when I usually go to bed, nine. O'clock, I was mad that I couldn't. I was really right. like, I, I, I wanted. I was instantly captivated so much so that forget two episodes. Within the first fifteen minutes, I looked at my husband and I said, "I said, Cal, are you invested?" He goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm fully invested." And I think you know, as we and you know, we'll probably talk more about this in the second hour. But you know, for me, just to kind of set the table. I connected because it's it's no secret that I was violently bullied for many 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 years as was my as was my husband so we identified with it and like no other show and as I was reading comments that night I went as I laid in bed and was reading social media comments because I wanted to just devour any information about the show I I it was comforting's the wrong word odd word 
but I realized I was with I was with familiar company because what it did for me as a 42 year old man was instantly take me back to 13 year old Jason. Mm. And and it reminded me in the harshest terms I've had since 86, 87, 88. It I felt this is going to sound really weird, but I felt like 13 year old Jason was on right behind me on the couch. And I, it was palpable. Like I could feel, I felt everything that, that Hannah was feeling. I could feel when, when the, when the kids were whispering and calling her a slut. And, and I felt, though it wasn't slut for me, it was fag for me. And it was, I felt every word and it was, it, 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 I had to finish it. I had to finish her story. And it brought me back to a place that I didn't want to go to. It was difficult to watch. But I had to watch it. So, Jason, what do you think, in addition to just the subject matter that you related to personally, what about this show has has really generated the level of attention um, and conversation? And and it seems like it, regardless of what people actually thought about it, just the fact that everybody seems to uh, be talking about it. What do you think it is compared to the umpteen other Netflix shows that are original uh, that's really, you know, got us to this point. I, good question. And I actually think it has to do with Netflix. Um, I think it was, I think this show was on Netflix for a reason. You know, they, they went where, where the kids are going, you know, kids, uh, you can look at the demographic shift of television and kids aren't watching other than the big bang theory. Kids aren't watching CBS, NBC and ABC. So I think that's part of the su- success. The show was put where kids are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, um, I think it was a mix of, relatability the show success i feel like uh, there was curiosity once word spread uh that the graphic nature of the suicide was shown uh, you can't discount that there was a curiosity factor that people wanted to get through it to see it it's the same reason people kind of watch think you know um and i think it was a book that resonated with people it was a known title for for a good uh chunk of their audience so i think the combination of those things made it irresistible and then the buzz started and then it made it made people want to see it. You know, even if it was uncomfortable, they heard about it. Even if they didn't like it, they, they heard about it. They had to watch it because they didn't. I don't care how old you are, 12, 22, 52. You never want to feel left out. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to go to school and not uh, be in the know of what everyone's talking about. It's the FOMO. It's the FOMO. Yeah. You know, it's a horrible topic. It, it, it's a, not a horrible topic, but it's a difficult topic. But everybody, uh, the show brought it to the surface. You know, and it's so uh, what you just said that I connected to, Jason, was the fact that you don't want to miss out and you also don't want to form opinions based on something you know nothing of. And so you you go through the pain of watching it and you watch it from whatever place you arrive at. So, Jason, when you were watching it, you were watching it with 13 year old Jason sitting behind you. Mm-hmm. Um I had a little of that, but I'm, I was watching it as the mother of a child who's about to get into that age group mm-hmm. and the fear of in this day and age, what it's like to be a teenager, things that I don't even understand because I cannot fathom how quickly things move. And like uh, Jim, one of our therapists here said, you know, in, in our, in this day and age, Bullying doesn't stop when the kids come home from school. No. It continues digitally. It continues, you know, with uh, people texting each other online. It's it's a different world we live in. Well, and we can't, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but no. you, you, you also can't discount, and I know this seems simplistic, but as we talk about the success of the show, 
you can't discount the performances. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't discount the fact that from the moment, from the end of the first episode, Catherine Langford, who plays, I, I loved her. I, 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 I cared about that character. Yeah, and I, you and wanted I to felt, wrap your arms around oh, her and make it stop. And and Clay, yeah. I felt bad for Clay. So you can't discount. Like you said, there's a look. Think of the, how many shows are on streaming. Think of how many shows. This cracked the surface for all the reasons that I said, but also because it was. And some people may disagree, but just fundamentally, it was well done by the performances of these young people. Well, not only that, but the way that it was laid out. I mean, by the end of the first episode, it's just built in that you want to find out what happens in the next episode, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So just that serial nature of it, and that's getting... a criticism for some people. But uh, you know, it's that it was almost like a CW show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but if you want kids to watch, or if you want the demographic to watch, you're going to need to tell a story in the way that that they're excited to watch a story. If you just sat there and talked to them for 13 hours about the issues, they're, they're not going out. to listen. Right. I just want to remind people, too, that um, if you've missed any part of this conversation, um, all of this is going to be available by podcast and video on our website and our Facebook page. We are getting questions on social media. Can I drop in one of them? Yes, but before you do, really quickly, I also want to remind people, we talked about the stark, uh, the stark absence of any type of resources during the show itself on Netflix. And I want to fill in the blanks for people and let people know we have resources listed on our website at mytalk1071.com, keyword reasons. That'll take you right to the page, and we've got a number of uh, resources written there, and and you can click right there. But yes, let's take questions. We have a question from Facebook. Molly says, should we be worried that, uh, and I will just address this to the room, um, and uh, Jim and Molly are experts who have joined us for this conversation as well. Feel free to jump in. Should we be worried that we will see people imitate this, that is the show, by making tapes? Uh, that is her concern. Mm-hmm. Does anybody want to take that? I, I don't think it would surprise anybody if that occurred. Um, I think that that is a concern. Um, and I think it, it speaks to what Molly had said earlier. If, if somebody, a youth or, or anybody for that matter, is watching this and they're already in a, in a high-risk situation, this might play into their, their plan. It might, play, it might spark some sort of need to uh, copy this to get a point across or, or to, to do whatever Hannah wanted to do to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a definite concern. Um, does it bar the... the 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 conversation that this show has brought about and the the kind of flashlight that it's brought onto a pretty dark subject I don't think so um, I think the show is is still going to be um, something that can prove to be some positive things you know yeah I would agree with all of that I think there are both some really positive aspects of this but my criticism I guess would be that it's portraying suicide as a way to solve problems as an exit plan as a way to be heard, as a way to get revenge or, you know, teach people a lesson. And the reality is that this is not what it looks like when someone completes suicide. There's not 13 hours of acquaintances focused on trying to understand them and feeling bad. And it's just not the reality. It's it's leaving people in a very difficult, dark spot and a place that's really hard to heal from, from the families and loved ones of the people that are left behind. I think that that's um, one of the main criticisms of the show is that here's this beautifully, beautifully shot uh, show full of 
attractive young people who are, you know, trendy and made up just right and drive neat cars and do, you know, live in beautiful homes. And it's told in a way that packages it up in, I don't want to say a pretty bow, but a bow. It it packages it up as sort of a complete story. Now, I know that there have been talks about um, about some uh, second seasons, et cetera, et cetera, with some storylines that might go on. But as a packaged 13 episode show, it sort of tells a whole story. And the truth of grief and the truth of suicide and survivors is that that story doesn't ever complete. It goes on and on and on and on and on painfully so. Right. And, 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 and survivors of, you know, families and friends of, of, of a, who survive a, a suicide, they don't get the answers mm-hmm. that these kids got. They don't get that information. And, you know, I've worked with clients and that's all they want. Mm-hmm. They just want to mm-hmm. know why. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's mm-hmm. the ever eluding topic. It will never be answered. And it's just not, and even if, even if slash when it is, it's typically not satisfying because it, you don't have. Because it never makes sense. It never makes sense. You know, suicide's mm-hmm. a, a permanent solution to, to temporary issues, mm-hmm. you know. And it's suicide is so much more complex than this show, you know, makes it appear. And there's 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 this total missing piece of whatever Hannah's mental health condition must have been, because 90 percent of people who complete suicide have a mental health concern, depression or something else. And there's there's very little reference to that in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the complexity of trying to understand suicide. It's natural for us to want to understand reasons why. But the reality is that it's not as simple as if you were nicer to this person, then this wouldn't have happened. And I understand the criticism and I'm not trying to be, you know, devil's advocate. But I also think we have to I think that's why it's important to remember and remind people, kids that are watching. And I think that's why we should be having conversations like this, that it is a show. This isn't a documentary. It is going to be packaged the way that it is because it's a television show. It's a Mm -hmm. drama. It's not a documentary about suicide. It's a it's a dramatization of a novel. Um so I think that's an important thing to point out if you are a parent and you're watching with kids. I just I actually took the total opposite from the show. I the 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 scene that broke me up the most and I know we have to break is when the parents came in and found Hannah. That destroyed me. Mm-hmm. So I actually think I took from it and I actually said to my husband if I was a kid thinking about it I I don't think it wrapped it up in a in a bow. I actually think it showed oh my goodness the the pain that it it leaves behind i don't know i i know i'm probably the, the dissenter in that opinion but that's just what i took away from it upon completion well and regardless uh, everybody's having reactions to it which mm-hmm. is why it's important to have these conversations Absolutely. as you just said jason so let's continue that conversation and when we come back maybe we can delve further into some of those controversies that have been brought up on social media and on the internet um the glorification of suicide sexual violence the graphic depictions of those things and and uh the contagion effect which we'll delve into uh, when we come back. We're talking about 13 Reasons Why here on My Talk 1071. Again, everything you're listening to is available on podcast and video at mytalk1071.com. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why, our My Talk roundtable discussion today with uh, Colleen Lindstrom, myself, and Jason Matheson, along with um, some, some friends and experts who are uh, helping us have this conversation about a show on Netflix that's uh, really gotten everybody's attention. 
And uh, we mentioned before we went to break some of the controversies, which we'll delve into in just a moment. But I just want to remind everyone that we've got a lot for you. So if you miss any part of this conversation, it's going to be available uh, video and audio on our website at mytalk1071.com, as are a, a number of resources for people. Colleen, if you just want to remind people how they can get to those resources. Yep, just go to mytalk1071.com, keyword reasons. That will get you to our talking about 13 reasons why roundtable. And we've got a number of resources listed there. I just want to reintroduce Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness, Molly Ruggles, program director at the Family Means Center for Grief and Loss in St. Paul. They've joined our conversation. As I said, Jason Matheson is here. Uh, and uh, Jason, feel free at any point to to jump in on the topic of controversy. Specifically, let's just start with the the raw and brutal scenes. That, that really has gotten people's attention and... and um, you know, elicited a, a lot of feedback. So shortly before we see some of those very raw and brutal scenes and what we're speaking about very specifically is depiction of sexual assault and then the depiction of the act itself um, that results in Hannah's death. Um, there is a moment where Hannah, the character of Hannah, who's the main character, talks about where she is emotionally. And here's that audio. It seemed like no matter what I did, I kept letting people down. I started thinking how everyone's lives would be better without me. And what does that feel like? It feels like nothing. Like a deep, endless, always blank nothing. And for those of you who will now be looking for signs everywhere, what does it really look like? Hmm. Hey, Hannah, you still up? Yeah, I, I can't sleep. Oh, honey. Here's the scary thing. I'm gonna take a walk. Don't be out too long. I'm gonna take your jacket because it's starting to get cold out. It looks like nothing. And that's the audio uh, of Hannah. I mean, basically just, you know, expressing where she's at and what she feels. And by the time she's there and the and the horrible things happen, she's already in that place of numbness. Yeah. I mean, I, I was having a conversation with with our boss about it. And, and I know there's a lot of people because we've gotten the emails that can relate to that. As far as the, the line that really just stuck out was the it looks like nothing mm-hmm. because I was 23 before I told my mom before I told Dar that anything had happened because I was embarrassed. She had no, I mean, she had a little clue that I was being bullied, but not to the extent. And I was 23 years old and it, and it destroyed her. She's like, why, why didn't you tell me, you know? And, and I've, you know, if, if you don't know me, I have a really good, I have an excellent relationship with my mom. My mom's like, my mom and I are it. I mean, that is, we had each other and I still didn't tell her because it was embarrassing, and mm-hmm. I and and I kept it from her. So that was a line that just really, really stuck with me, and I know resonated with a lot of a lot of my talkers. And interestingly, Jim and Molly, you know, as as we're watching the show, um, we recognize she in the, is in this place of numbness, but we're not. Uh, as viewers, we are not in a place of numbness. And what comes next are some very extremely painful and brutal things to watch. Um, can you speak at all to the choices that they made in showing so graphically 
those brutal moments. Again, keeping in mind that she's numb, but we're not. Well, I think I think it was very deliberate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was clear to me that they they wanted to show this as real as they thought it they could. Mm-hmm. You know, down to um, the you know the the camera shot of her in in the hot tub in her eyes. You know, in in the absolute darkness in them. The the uh, she was not present in her body. She she was dissociating out of it. Um, all I can think of is that they wanted to really emphasize the hurt and mm-hmm. the pain that it all causes. Um, and on the flip end of that, I think it also spoke to the sense of uh, um, entitlement that, that Bryce felt he had given his position in the high school. Mm-hmm. You know, football jock and captain and rich, you know, and he just felt entitled. And you know what? To that end, I think that actually perfectly sets up another piece of audio that we have um, from her friend, Hannah's friend, Kat, talking about sort of the social hierarchy in the school. There are decent jocks. You just got to learn how to find them. Hannah never learned. That's not her fault. I mean, you try going to school with a bunch of Neanderthals who are told that they are the only thing of value at school and that the rest of us are merely there to cheer them on and provide them with whatever support they need. And, and, you know, as we're thinking about these things, and if you guys are just joining us, uh, it's the, we're having a conversation about 13 Reasons Why on My Talk 1071. Before the end of this particular segment, can I just, um, Molly, uh, there has been a lot of discussion about the, the contagion effect that, you know, copycat glorifying um, suicide or some of the things that go on in this. How do we, what do we have to pay attention to or how do we have to address these topics uh, with young people so that they're kind of aware that this it, if you're feeling like you this is something you want to do or if you're feeling like it's um, it, it, it like it seems like a positive. How do how do we address that in conversation with young people? Yeah, so I think um, there's there's definitely research supporting that we know that when people have been exposed to really graphic images or um, recounting of suicides that that puts them at an increased risk. And that's really particularly for uh, young people or or adults as well who are already in a really vulnerable place. As I said before, um, have their own trauma history, don't have a lot of support in their life, have their own mental health issues, depression, um, anxiety. And so those are the those are the young people who I think it's probably going to be especially dangerous for. But I also think for any kids, I found this myself and I listened to a lot of traumatic stories in my workplace, but this was also really hard to watch for me. Mm-hmm. So I think for any child or adolescent watching this, it's so important to be able to respond to them and make sure that they have a place to debrief about it. And yeah. we'll continue this conversation when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why here on My Talk 1071. It's a roundtable today with Colleen Lindstrom, myself, and Jason Matheson, along with uh, Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness, and Molly Ruggles, program director at the Family Means Center for Grief and Loss in St. Paul. And we just didn't get enough time to talk about uh, some of the topics in the last segment, specifically, um, you know, that hierarchy in high school along with the contagion effect. But let's go back to that hierarchy that exists that I, I just feel like you forget as an adult that kids deal with on a, a day in and day out basis. And Holly, we have some audio just to to remind people what that was like in the show. There are decent jocks. You just got to learn how to find them. Hannah never learned. That's not her fault. I mean, 
you try going to school with a bunch of Neanderthals who are told that they are the only thing of value at school and that the rest of us are merely there to cheer them on and provide them with whatever support they need. And I think it's important, and Brad and Colleen, I know you'll, you'll agree, it, it's not about jock, you know, uh, busting on. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. not because I this is actually and I'm glad we're reintroducing this. This is the this is one of the topics of this show that I received the most response from most emails from kids that listen to our show, listen to you guys. And it was and it was interesting because I found it wasn't just the jock in the social hierarchy. For instance, like uh, I, I have someone in my life. It was the mean girls. And how they didn't the 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 through line through all the conversations was the kids would sit the kids would go to the school and they just didn't feel like they had any allies and they just didn't feel like that they were important enough that they didn't rise to the surface of importance in the school to get any attention to 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 get any protection. I heard that word a lot, any protection, mm-hmm. and they didn't feel like they were listened to unless they were one of the popular kids. They were the cheerleaders or maybe even drama club. Again, I want to be very clear. It's not. It's not just a let's rip on the jocks or the sports community in these schools. But I I found it very fascinating that this resonated with so many people, this through line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jim or Molly, do you have any sort of uh, thought on on how you can approach a, a topic like that with kids? You know, are you feeling like because I think a lot of times when you're a kid, you just think that it's, you know, adults aren't going to take it seriously because maybe it just sounds silly or um, maybe they don't get it. I mean, how how can you sort of access young people uh, on this topic? Yeah, I think that this this aspect of the show really nicely illustrates the complexity of that that age, that period of time in our lives, adolescence and teenage years, when um, there's a lot happening in terms of brain development. And then part of that is that we're we're really driven toward um, a need for connecting with peers and feeling included and and feeling a part of a group and less less connected sometimes with our families and parents. So I think um, that's such a hard time in life. And there's all the other parts about adolescence that as a parent is really hard to deal with in the impulsivity and the, um, you know, pushing back against authority and trying to have some independence. But I think we've all been there. And so mm-hmm. as a parent, I think it's so important. And and a, as a person in a school, working in a school, like so important to be able to help an adolescent set some boundaries, but doing it in a really compassionate and kind way and recognizing that this is such a hard time for everybody, the the child and the parent, um, but that it's it's also a really important learning period to figure out how you're going to be in relationships. Well, And I, I think they touched a little bit when... Um... Uh, Clay and his dad were sitting on the step, and his dad started to share that he 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 too had been bullied, mm-hmm. and and I thought they could have expanded on that a little bit. Um, I know in my professional life and and with with my own boys, I took a real honest approach. I was I wanted to be an open book. I wanted them to get information from me, not Google. Yeah. And I tell parents that a lot. Kids are kids are sponges. They want to know. They want to they want to get an understanding of their world. And if they can't get it from you, they'll Google it. They'll mm-hmm. figure it out. They'll find uh, their their facts and their data, and and I think that if anything, this show can help parents to see that these hierarchies really do occur. And I thought they did an amazing job of showing Clay's emotional IQ just a little bit below some of the other kids in the show. In mm-hmm. fact, he swapped out educational tutoring for girlfriend tutoring, mm-hmm. and and I thought that that was 
that that could have been expounded on. Well, and also because I go back, I, I said this a couple times on my show when we were talking about this and something that fundamentally changed. And I think, and I'll leave it to the experts to say if I'm right on this, I, I heard many, many, many years ago on the Oprah Winfrey show, someone was discounting uh, their son was depressed because they broke up uh, with their girlfriend and they were discounting the idea of puppy love. And this expert stopped the parent in the tracks and they said, and you know where I'm going with this. They mm-hmm. stopped in the tracks and they said, never discount these this teenage feelings because they are sometimes more intense. They are sometimes more visceral than we have because they do not. And this is the line because they do not understand. Uh, they don't have the life experience to know other loves will come. And and don't you guys that's applicable 100%. for this situation. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And, and, and I think it the show really revolves around the need for connection. Yeah. That's all Hannah was after when when she was friends uh, at the beginning with Jessica and I'm forgetting the blonde haired boy's name right now. Alex. Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were had their little tribe and mm-hmm. they were all good and then all of a sudden one didn't show up and the other didn't show up and then they were together. It's that exclusionary. What's wrong with me? Why wasn't I chosen? You know why? Haven't they picked me to be a friend and the, the I saw that theme throughout the whole thing was about connection and how do we you know the brain works on two emotions it, it needs love and it needs to avoid fear and 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 we go for those in our lives and, and Hannah was conflicted because she experienced fear all the time I think sometimes too as a parent our our impulse is to display to our kids that we have the answers we have control over the situation we know what we're doing we have you know we're we're here we've been through all of this and now we have the wisdom but what we sometimes forget to do and forget to find opportunities to do is connect with our kids where they are so for example when my 10 year old son said to me the other day I think I'm weird and I think everybody in my school thinks I'm weird that's an opportunity for me to say when I was your age I was weird too and now I'm almost 40 and guess what you're I'm so still weird, weird. and yeah. it works. Weird and it actually great. pays yes. the bills. Exactly. Yeah. And, yes, you, know, you are, Colleen. There's a you. moment of levity. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you I know, are. but you know, it is. It's an opportunity, and I think sometimes parents miss that opportunity right. because we're too busy trying to have the answers for them mm-hmm. rather than s- sit in the confusion with them. Or, or they sense that they have to change their child or help their child change rather than just gain acceptance mm-hmm. to who we are, what we bring to the table. And that's a hard thing for adolescents to pick up on. Yeah. And if you guys are just joining us, I just want to remind everyone that we're having our conversation talking about the 13 reasons why um, phenomenon from Netflix. Um, I wanted to touch on or go back to Molly, the notion of a contagion effect, because I I don't know that everybody really understands what that is and and how that sort of become a controversy around this show. And and we did see that happening in the show. Uh, They did display it. It it was very nonverbal, but we did see a couple scenes where one of the youngsters had a, a trunk full of firearms and it was just sort of this visual moment where you could see and he was one of the people who had been named as one of the 13 reasons why and he'd sort of suffered from some bullying as a result of that and then uh, we do have another attempt in the in the show that we learn about in the last episode so can you just maybe tell us a little bit molly about the contagion effect yeah so the contagion effect is referring to um in this case when there's a suicide and then there are copycats after it so other kids I think probably particularly in this in this um, show, it's portrayed, as I said earlier, I think as a as a solution to the problems that Hannah has been coping with. And, you know, similarly with Alex later on, that's sort of like he's gotten to this place of feeling really isolated and really sort of at odds with the people who had been his friend group. 
and then um, also takes an attempt on his own life. So I think that the the concern and it's a really natural fear for parents and schools to have about is this show going to um, result in more kids trying to take their own lives or completing suicide Similarly, when there is a suicide in a school and the, the response is, how do we talk about this and also not glorify it in a way that um, puts other kids at risk? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will tell you just from watching that first episode, I was like, oh, my God, what they're telling people is um, you're going to get everybody's attention and be able to manipulate people from beyond the grave. I mean, you know, you go on through the show and, and maybe you, you change your mind a bit, but I, I, I can see where that that concern comes up. Mm-hmm. And it's just probably a good reminder that this is a TV show, right? So this is this is actually something that's supposed to be entertainment. But within the entertainment, there's a lot we can actually access in terms of information and learning. Mm-hmm. When we come back uh, on the show, we're actually going to talk to Jude. Jude and his mom, Nancy, they have their own story to share with us. Uh, and they talk to kids around the Twin Cities about that story. So we'll do that on the other side of this break. Again, uh, just a reminder, it's talking about 13 Reasons Why here on My Talk 1071. And Colleen, if you just want to remind people that at any point they want resources about any of the stuff we've been talking about. Yep. So we, uh, we've we done a, a job of, of compiling some resources. It's kind of an incomplete list. We're still adding. Uh, and that's available to you at our website at mytalk1071.com. Keyword reasons. You will see resources of how to respond, uh, how to frame some of these conversations and who to call if you feel like you're in crisis or know somebody in crisis. And if you missed any part of this conversation, it will be available in its entirety in video and audio on our website at mytalk1071.com. Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why. We're having a conversation about the Netflix phenomenon today with Colleen, of course, myself and Jason Matheson, along with uh, some wonderful experts and friends. And um, one of those friends who's joining us now is Jude. He's a teen, and uh, he's here with his mom, Nancy. Jude, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, this show really, you know, um, gave us an opportunity to to meet you. Colleen has actually met you before. Colleen, um, when you were thinking about this conversation today, Mm -hmm. I know you thought instantly Jude was a person that we should talk to. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are really excited about this show right now because it's kind of caught fire. And and we're talking about a fictional account. But I know, uh, I know, know Jude and I know Nancy and I know that they've lived this uh, in in a, in a certain way and I, I met Jude and Nancy at an event and heard Jude speak and I thought we need to talk to Jude so Jude uh, you know I'll let you kind of tell your story just straight from the go beginning. to town man um, <laughs> so two years ago um, I, I was dealing with my depression and anxiety and what I'd later find out PTSD um, getting very out of hand mm-hmm. and I really didn't know how to deal with it because I had been to therapy but I wasn't really doing all that I could be in there I had tried to um, voice the fact that I thought I had mental illness to multiple people and wasn't really taken seriously with that and hold on I just want to jump in um, that uh, jumped out at me as well when you were talking in the yeah. previous segment about you know don't minimize the appearance if you're, you're hearing things or or that blankness you don't know. Yeah. Well, my Jude, you know, we'd been in therapy for two years already. Yeah. Okay. So when he, I can still see his face standing halfway down the stairs. Mom, I I think I may be depressed. Yeah. And all I could think of is with, what? Yeah. No. Where you've been in therapy, and then how could that happen? Because we're working towards. 
health, health and wellness, you know, yeah. and then balancing that you're 13. This is middle school. Middle school is tumultuous and difficult for everybody. You just must be experiencing normal life. Mm-hmm. Plus, Jude, like me, has a flair for the dramatic. Okay, so <laughs> where where is true trauma and where is drama? Yeah. You know, so he flat out and told me, I think I'm depressed. I need to see someone. I think I might need medication. Mm-hmm. And so we... We, I, with this therapist, thought we had a plan for the next three months to have weekly therapy sessions. And then if he still didn't feel after we'd gotten through the holidays that he was still there, then we would go for medication. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to there. So yeah. Yeah. go ahead, Jude. Um, it, it got to December and everything was dark. I um, had an issue with self-harm and things like that. And I wasn't taking care of myself. I'd come home. I would sleep. I would avoid social events um, to sleep. It was, it was just a way to avoid everything that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd sleep. He's a teenager. Teenagers need to sleep sure, as much as babies. You could, you could, so you, you could can rationalize anything. Away. Yeah. And then when I would hang out with friends, I was participating in very negative behaviors, which was definitely not helping. Um, and then I moved schools. And then on December 15th, things still hadn't let up. I thought moving schools was going to alleviate everything, that it was just a situational thing there. Even though I thought I was still depressed, I just didn't think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but things did not get better, and on December 15th, 2014, I tried to take my own life. Um, but I still remember the day. It, it's a really odd thing, because on that day... Uh, from the perspective of a mentally ill person, right? I, I was actually in a in a good mind state, and, and that just shows how dark it can get for people mm-hmm. when they go through these things. And then after my attempt, I, that was not the way I felt at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because I was starting to get the actual help that I needed, and if people don't get the help that they needed, um, or that they need, um, it doesn't always feel like there's a way out. And I have an issue with the show that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and you had a unique way, a uh, yeah. unique reaction to I that. love this. And <laughs> by the way, I should mention, I'd like to mention that Jude is a very talented writer. And so it comes as no surprise that uh, he's processed his feelings about 13 Reasons <laughs> Why in writing. <laughs> yeah. So I put together 13 Reasons Why I Did Not Enjoy 13 Reasons Why, or I Think It uh-huh. Is Problematic. Uh-huh. Um, from a story standpoint, I think it's unrealistic. We talked about them kind of putting everything in a nice box. Like mm-hmm. all the people, they're, they're supposed to be juniors mm-hmm. and they look like their actual age. Yeah. They and, look and, like they're my age. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm being generous. Welcome to our problem with Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they all live these kind of lavish lives, which is just not realistic for teenagers yeah. in high school. Um, I think they take drama over substance because a big thing when the show was coming out, it was looked at as something I was going to be raising awareness. And I don't think it did that. Um, if anything, it just brought up everything more. I don't mm-hmm. know if it necessarily helped anything. Um, it is extremely slow. Mm-hmm. And we talked about um, how it could be a movie. And I think it would handle everything better instead of drawing all of these things out painfully and just making you experience them for so much longer. Um, it, it doesn't raise awareness. I, I'm just going to straight out say that. I think it's a show 
that is good for non-mentally ill people to know about mental illness and know that it does exist and that suicide is a problem amongst teens, but I don't think um, anyone is really going to leave it thinking that, oh, I need to go out and do something now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so you, you feel probably that you know people who are struggling and suffering, this is not something they should sit down and watch expecting no. to get a solution. Yeah, and, and I'll touch on that in a little bit. I think it's poorly written. Um, from a story standpoint, again, we talked about how we care about Clay and Hannah, mm-hmm. right? And then there's another character, Tony, who is helping Clay through this the entire time, but also seems sort of antagonistic at the beginning. Um, those are the only three characters I actually cared about throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. And they do make it so you're supposed to care about all these other people who are awful people. Mm-hmm. There is no one in the show who is a 100% good person, I think. Um, besides the three that I named. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just leads to the characters being unlikable. Uh, it doesn't give closure at the end, which I think is purposeful, because, uh, like you guys talked about earlier, when someone kills themselves, you, you don't get closure, closure from that. Yeah. But I think if you're going to claim that you're going to raise awareness, you need to give some sort of ending. And I think that ending could have been putting up... Um, numbers or websites you can go to and i'm glad you guys are doing that because that's extremely important um and then talking about the warnings too i i watched the show right when it came out and the warnings were very vague i did not know what was coming um and i think it romanticizes suicide a little bit we talk about um it kind of makes hannah like a martyr Mm -hmm. a person like well, I'm gone now. All of you are going to feel everything I felt. And I don't think that's really what happens when someone commits suicide. I don't think that's the way it should be looked at either. Um, and then I think it enhances mental illness culture because something that I've seen since middle school is there are students that want to be mentally ill. And I don't, I still don't understand that. Mm-hmm. As someone who goes through that, I would never wish this on anyone. Like a means of getting attention or something? Is yeah, that and sort of- I, I think the show is just going to make that problem worse. Somehow mm. they're special then. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just awful in that way. And mm. then it talks about um, suicide blaming, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're blaming out on everyone else. And regardless, I think people can drive you to it so much and things can get awful and get you to the point to considering that, but ultimately it is your choice to take your own life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think saying these are the reasons is necessarily the best way, and that, that stems back to the book. Yeah. Um, and then as someone who goes through mental illness, uh, dealt with all of this stuff and has mental illness, it, it's extremely triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Getting through the last three episodes it was astronomically hard. Oh, I, I can only imagine. And Nancy, did you know that Jude was watching it? Were you having a conversation? No. Oh, interesting. I, no. I did not know about it. I didn't know he had watched it um, until I started hearing talk about, about it. it. And then he and I talked. And he goes like, yeah, I, I watched it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and you're it, like, yeah. you're not alone. There are a lot of parents yeah, that have heard a lot know. of that. Let's let's keep you guys through yep. the yeah, next segment please. if you're, you're Sounds good. fine with that. If you're just joining us, we're having our Talking About 13 Reasons Why Roundtable here on My Talk 1071. We'll continue that conversation with Jude, his mom, Nancy, um, our expert panel, Colleen, Jason, and myself. Uh, if you need more information, head to MyTalk1071.com. Kevin. 
Welcome back to Talking About 13 Reasons Why, our My Talk 1071 Roundtable. Today with Colleen Lindstrom, myself, Jason Matheson. Uh, we have two friends and experts, Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness, Molly Ruggles, program director at the Family Means Center for Grief and loss in St. Paul. We've got teenager June, his, Jude, his mom Nancy. <laughs> and um, Jude, thanks for sticking around. We, you were talking and telling us about the reasons you particularly, you know, as a teen who struggled with, uh, you know, some of the issues that are addressed in 13 Reasons Why, why you just really felt like it didn't live up to perhaps uh, some of your expectations. Yeah, uh, well, they went into it saying it was going to raise awareness. And, and that's the huge issue that I have with mm-hmm. it. I think if they left that alone, I, I wouldn't have an issue at the show. Um, besides for not giving enough warnings. But I was talking about how it is extremely triggering for someone who's gone through suicide or sexual assault. See, I've gotten to the point in my recovery where I can handle that. But if anyone was even remotely less fortunate than I was, I I don't think they could handle that. Mm -hmm. And that would send them back to a place. And and I work with um, a lot of people in the mental health field. And they've all heard about it now. You, you two have heard about it. Mm-hmm. And um, that just shows how it is creating problems for people who actually are mentally ill or susceptible to the things that they are showing. Because to show graphic depictions of sexual assault and suicide that are drawn out for longer than just a minute, I think that's going to cause some issues. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly, as you mentioned, trigger warnings. Um, that's something, you know, we, that's a term that we've heard more and more in recent years. Trigger warnings, that's not something that, that people would, were talking about when we were teenagers. But those graphic depictions have a tendency to stick with people, and uh, especially people for whom it's a familiar, it's not just fiction. I wanted to ask, though, I wanted to ask the experts and Jude what you th- your opinion on, would would you think... Would you think it was, you know, the whole debate of whether it was glamorizing suicide itself and sexual assault, would you feel differently had they not shown it? Because what don't you think there's a danger in that, too? Or was it just the the length of the sequences? I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about that. I was surprised at the graphic nature um, of all all three of the scenes we're talking about, the two sexual assaults. Um, and and the suicide act itself, um, they did not Hollywood it, you know, in terms of like allude to it. They they flat out showed it, um, and you know, and and I know, and going back to the triggering thing, you know, I had I I'm a victim of sexual abuse, so I had friends and family who said, Jim, be careful when you watch this, and I'm you know fifty fifty years old, and you know I'm thirty years out of my abuse, and it. I, I would have to agree with Jude. It it was a really dangerous little line that they danced right up to and, and I think crossed a little bit. I think, Jason, they could have easily gotten their point across without showing the nature. They could have stuck with just showing her eyes in that hot tub scene. They, we didn't need to see the pan out picture and kind of the whole scene. They, they, they could have gotten their point across. Or, or at least for that length that they showed it. That's yeah. just terrifying to me because... Um, my girlfriend and I watched this together in three days because it gets you hooked into it, but it ruined the rest of our day after we finished the series and different episodes. It's impossible to have just a normal day after just watching these things. Right. Especially for me as someone who has struggled with that as well, that's very hard to watch. And just to put a maybe 20 second warning at the beginning of an episode, I don't think that's enough. 
I, I think you actually have to cut that out or shorten it. And I would also say it's not that, you know, it just hung with Jude for the day. When we started talking about it, he goes, it's still with him. You know, three days later, he goes, I still feel it rattling in my chest. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, it's not good. And, and I think it's, I, I think that, that feeling you walk away with also kind of hammers down the conversation. It, people don't want to go back and talk about it too much, but they do, but they don't. And it creates this taffy push pull on now. What do we do with this? We've mm-hmm. seen it. We've ingested it. We know it's a part of our fabric as Americans and humans. But it's not the part we want to talk about. It feels yucky. It does feel and yucky. And we don't like to feel yucky. No. Yucky is a gross feeling. I want to talk a little bit about um, about the adults that let Hannah down throughout this story. And I think um, watching it as an adult, I-, I had a hard time because, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And so in real life, when you look back at a situation, you can see the 13 reasons why or the 13 times you could have gotten, you know, the help that, that you needed. Um, but, but we don't have the benefit of that when we're in the moment. And as an adult, while I was watching this, I was struck by the fact that I don't know that I would be so sure about how to help in this situation. Um, and Nancy, you expressed that as a parent, you thought you were, you thought you were working toward a healthy place. And so for Jude, it was, a, it was, you thought you had a plan. Yeah. I, I, thought we were doing okay and that we could manage through this little crisis time, but it was way bigger. I mean, I thought I saw a thunderstorm and he had a hurricane Mm -hmm. and there is a huge difference. And so what I'd plead and let, you know, any parent that's listening to this, if they hear their child mention anything that they are in a a dark place or they think they need help, go get them help. Don't, don't wait. And not only that, but there are, I mean, in the show itself, there is an adult who, well-meaning or not, completely misses the signs and signals and an opportunity to head uh, or deal with this issue head on. And we have the audio of that clip. This is when Hannah uh, goes to the school therapist. His name is Mr. Porter. And she tells of the sexual assault that she suffered. And, um, and this is how he responds. I need to know exactly what happened and who did it. If I tell you, will you promise me that he'll go to jail? And that I won't ever have to see his face again, that I won't have to face him? I can't promise you that, Hannah. But I will promise you this. I will do everything in my power to keep you safe and protect you in this process. But I can't do that unless... I know everything that happened. If you can't give me a name, if you don't want to press charges against this boy, if you're not even sure you can press charges, then there really is only one option. What is it? I'm not trying to be blunt here, Hannah, but you can move on. You mean do nothing? Is he in your class? He's a senior. That means he'll be gone in a few months. I mean, that that really, you know, it, it's stark and obvious, right? But, you know, to Jim and Molly, as as adults, as authority figures, as experts, I mean, how do you react to that? It, it's it's laughable. I, I mean, it, it's irritating. It's I'm 
it, it he just misses the boat completely. And to just minimize it to the point of, well, if you're not going to cooperate with me, you're in my office and just turn your emotions inside out right here, right now, then, well, walk away. It's it just absolutely cold hearted. And it's clear that he knows what she's talking about. So it's for me, it, I think I my reaction was like it felt like he was afraid of it. And so he just kind of backed off because he didn't really know what to do with it and didn't know, you know, if I can't hand you off to the police to make a report, then I'm not really sure how to handle it. And that's so much of what we don't want adults to do or professionals or, you know, parents, teachers. There's just so many ways that he could have responded, which could have been, you know, that sounds so hard and I'm here for you. And what can we do? Let's talk about a plan to solve this together. I kept waiting for him to ask if she would want a female staff in the room, you know, for her to have to tell a male adult who who she isn't that close with, you know, sees him in the hall. And he kept just pulling and pulling and you got to tell me names, facts, details, what happened. I just thought it was just absolutely cruel. So I'm wondering, you know, that's an obvious example of somebody who missed an opportunity. But as to adults who maybe aren't in a position of authority, maybe they're not a school counselor, but they do happen upon or maybe it's other students. I mean, what are the things that you tell them um, in reacting to situations like that, how to how to respond or how to get help uh, to the right person? Yeah, I think just being listening and being present and responding to what they're saying, responding to what they're feeling and and talk about, you know, I think it's okay as adults, it's okay for us to say, or, or as other students, it's okay to say you don't know and you don't have an answer. We referenced that earlier that um, what you really need to do is just be there and be able to be give them a lifeline to connect and talk about it when they're ready. Do you think that interaction was and this is posed to the experts and to Jude. Do you think that, because I, I thought this is where you were, what you were going to say. Do you think that interaction, because again, we have to remember it's a TV show, but do you think that's a, uh, a realistic uh, example of a, of a possible interaction? Do you, I mean, Jude, do you know of people that have kind of ran into a stop sign when they've sought out help to a school counselor? Um, there's only so much sometimes that school counselors can do. Um, which is an awful thing in itself, but coming to them and talking to them about something illegal that happened or if you are going to harm yourself or something like that, they are mandated to report that. So I think this scenario was probably enhanced to make it more dramatic. But if that were to happen, that would be awful because the things that he does, we didn't play the the part. He seems to be victim-blaming a little bit. And... um looking for an answer from her when really all you need you need from someone is to know that you're not alone with that and for for them to know that you're being heard i think ultimately everybody just wants to feel like they're being heard and she obviously you could tell in her she just didn't feel like he was not just listening but he was hearing her Mm -hmm. and also to the to the point that you just made jude about the fact that they're mandatory mandatory reporters as human beings, we know when we are finding ourselves in a situation where something wrong either happened or we're feeling something wrong and uh, and the person that we're telling is not is going to have to tell somebody else and it's going to you know, you're setting off a bomb and you're not sure that you're ready to be in that situation and you know what the right answer is, you know. Mm-hmm what you don't want them to know and what they should know. Um, And you kind of feel her doing that dance where it's like, I know that this is going to set off a chain of events that I'm not ready for. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, I want to take an opportunity to just thank you guys. Um, we're going to continue the conversation uh, on the other side of this break. You can stay with us. I just want to remind people that you're listening to uh, our talking about 13 Reasons Why Roundtable here on My Talk 1071, basically discussing a lot of the topics within the, the Netflix phenomenon. Colleen, if you just want to remind people how they can get more information on any of the things that we've talked about so far today. Yep. All you have to do is go to mytalk1071.com keyword reasons, and that will take you to our landing page where we have tons of resources for you and uh, you can learn more about our experts, uh, et cetera. And we're going to keep up this conversation. We'll do that. We'll do that with uh, Jude, his mom, Nancy. We've got Jim. We've got Molly, Colleen Lindstrom, myself and Jason Matheson. We'll continue. It's a full house, it's a full house and we're going to wrap things up and continue our conversation on the other side of this break here on my talk 1071. Welcome back. You are talking about 13 Reasons Why Roundtable on My Talk 1071. Today with Colleen Lindstrom, myself, and Jason Matheson. Uh, we've got friends, experts in the room. Uh, we have a teenager named Jude, his mom, Nancy. We've got Jim and Molly, uh, who've helped us try to understand some of the issues that were raised. Jason, I know you had a question for Jude. I do, and first, and, and we're going to give thanks in just a little bit, but I, I think I can speak for Colleen and Bradley. I, I just want to say a special thanks, not just, just to our experts, but for Jude and his mom for being brave enough and being willing to come in and help, and we really, really appreciate it. I mean, I think you've opened you've really opened my eyes to different facets of this. And we're, we were just reading some Facebook comments in the break and you've really enlightened some folks. So to know that you've done that, uh, a thank you. And we really appreciate it. But thank my you. question, my question to you is this, cause you said something that really kind of, it was a, it was a kind of a bing bing moment earlier when you, when you were saying that in your opinion, you don't think the show actually, um, not enlightens, but you don't think it brings awareness. My question to you is, Having said that and feeling that way, do you think there is value in the subsequent conversations that have come from the show like this one? So there may not be value in the show and there not, may not be awareness in the show itself. But now the subsequent conversations that are happening, what's your opinion on that? I think yes, but not for a good reason. I think the reason we're having these conversations is because of the flaws that the show has. And the problems that it has to potentially cause for people. Talk about contagion effect. Anything that we've touched on since this has started, that's why we're having conversations. And I don't necessarily think um, the reasoning behind it is the best. Do you feel like it's sort of we have, we're having to do cleanup around maybe some mistakes that were made by the show? Or we're having to do damage control? Is that what you're saying? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there is valuable conversation to have just from the show itself, but then the problems that it causes is causing even more conversation beyond that. And it's an obviously it's a wide net, but what off the top of what's a proactive step and what to you, what would you like? What is a positive? What is a proactive measure? I mean, you have, you know, this is a great opportunity or thousands of people. What can we do? What can what's a good thing we can take from all of this from the conversations from the conversations? Um, if you could leave leave on the you know leave on the floor one thought, yeah. What I, would it be? I think the most important thing is to really keep watching and listening because it, the show does semi realistic portrayals of some really awful things. There is some truth, um, not a good truth, and a positive thing to where. Sometimes people don't care about you until you're gone. And the the show displays that 
well. And that's, I think, the only thing that it shows that is semi-true. Um, but that should not be a reason for anyone to ever take their own life. And if someone is in a position where they feel like no one is there, that they want to end it, that they can tell someone, and that we need people to be able to be here to listen to these people when they need to tell someone. Is it just not, um, I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm so moved that somebody at your age and what you've been through is so able to sort of put feel, words to, I mean. I feel exactly the way, and this isn't going to come right, and I don't mean to interrupt, no, but Brad, no, no. I think I know what you're, Colleen and Brad and I are all about the same age, and it is, it's, it's. No one would have yes. listened to us say, or even begin a sentence um, that Judah's been able to put paragraphs to. So I just want to thank you, and you probably don't appreciate it yet, um, or I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, should, you should appreciate it because uh, it's it's a unique and amazing and awesome thing. And thank if you. you're ever able to fill in on any of our shows, yes. yeah. Yeah. you know what? Like I'm Arthur ready to Judah just do turn it in the a mic heartbeat. over. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we just, you know, as as we're sort of wrapping things up and we're giving people an opportunity to to kind of put some points on it. First of all, Jude, again, thank you, and, and your mother Nancy, um, but also, you know, to our experts, Jim and Molly. Jim and, and Molly, are there any things that you want to leave us with in our final moments? Um, I would want to leave with the concept that we we just need to be connected to each other. You know, if your kids are watching the show, jump in on it, watch it with them, connect with them, find out what they're thinking, find out what they're feeling. Try to find answers to the questions they have. And if you're a high school student, college student, whoever, and, um, it costs you nothing to have a great attitude and be nice to people. You know, mm-hmm. a simple hello, a simple inclusionary statement, just a, hey, how's it going, can make a world of difference to people. So I think, I think one of the things I take away from this is that we can be really mean and we just need to, it sounds so cliche, but we need to be a little nicer to each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Molly? Yeah, I just would want to say, um, I mean, we've talked about some of this and Jude really nicely put into words some of the, the symptoms and signs that he was experiencing. He referenced sleeping a lot, avoidance, feeling withdrawn, engaging in some negative behaviors with his friends. And there's lots of other things, too. So I just would say for parents to really educate yourself and be aware, stay connected with your kids, as Jim said, and also um, educate yourself about res- what resources are available. We were just talking over the break that some schools... Um, have therapists in the schools, both family means and POR resources put therapists in the school. And so there there's resources that are in many schools available for kids that really reduce a lot of the barriers that exist for kids um, getting connected with a mental health provider and as well as school counselors, teachers, just staying connected. And we really, I mean, you know, we have to sort of end the conversation after this segment. And, you know, there's a lot that was not able to be talked about. But, Colleen, we have certainly tried to give people some uh, jumping off points to continue the conversation and address some of the resources and and find the answers that they need to the questions they might have. Yeah, one of the things we've talked about a lot is uh, how adults need to really become armed with how to have these conversations and what to spot and specifically around uh, 13 reasons why, how do you talk about it? And there are all of those resources listed at mytalk1071.com. 
under keyword reasons, you'll be able to find links to all of those things there. A crisis hotline is listed. Uh, there are a couple documents that will tell you about some things to consider while you're watching 13 Reasons Why so that you're not going into it unaided. Uh, and so you really have kind of a framework within which to watch this uh, this piece. All right. And I also just want to remind you that you can watch uh, our watch and listen to this entire broadcast in its entirety on mytalk1071.com. There will be a podcast available on Podcast One. Um, so just head to our website uh, if you want to access any part of the conversation that you missed today. And, and Jason, if you just want to sort of leave us with some final thoughts. Absolutely. We just want to say thanks to all of our guests and all of you uh, that have participated in our conversation today, participated in the conversations about this show throughout the the my talk broadcast schedule for the last couple weeks and all of you today on facebook really engaging all of us with your questions and your thoughts it means the world to us and thank you and as we've said several times uh let's use this as a catalyst to reach out to love listen and really hear the people that we love and don't let this show be the end of the conversation let this show be the beginning of some difficult but yet important conversations absolutely and let's just take another moment to say thank you to everybody who joined us jude Thanks for being here today. Nancy, Mom Nancy, thanks for being with us. Um, again, just to, to remind you, we had Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness. Thanks for being with us, Jim. And then Molly, uh, Molly Ruggles, program director at the Family Means Center for Grief and loss in St. Paul. Thank you all for yeah. being here today. And you can link to all of those things again Absolutely. at mytalk1071.com keyword reasons that will take you right to our landing page uh, and along with all those resources. As all those resources that Colleen just mentioned again that are going to be accessible on our website. All you have to do is head to mytalk1071.com and Two do the clicks. keyword uh, reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, as I said before, the, this conversation in its entirety is available on our website and also Uh, is available as a podcast on Podcast One. We'll be back with our show. Otherwise, thanks to everybody who was a part of this, Colleen Lindstrom, Jason Matheson, and everybody who made this My Talk 1071 Roundtable possible. Talking about 13 Reasons Why.